0: Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with David Rennie from Trinity Wedding Cinema about videography for weddings and vow renewals and commitment ceremonies. I thought it would be a great idea to talk to a professional and answer the most common questions that brides and grooms have and learn a little bit more about what Trinity offers. So welcome, David.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: I'm great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I want to start by talking about how you guys got started as wedding videographers.
1: Well, we actually get that question quite often. It's kind of an odd, maybe funny story. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely odd. But we started out, or I started out this as a fine art major, mostly like painting and pen and ink and that sort of thing. And I quickly realized that I wasn't out to be a teacher, and I didn't want to starve, which is what most fine art majors tend to do one of the two (laughs) so a friend of mine actually shot weddings and uh, one day he found himself in a pickle where he needed a third person to shoot for him and he comes to me and goes hey dave can you hold a camera that's all i need right now i'm desperate so i'm like yeah sure no problem so i went to the wedding i shot it with him and he called me back a couple weeks later and says, dave you've got a natural gift for this you are better than my second shooter who's been working with me for like the last four years and I fell in love with it. I mean, just in that one wedding, I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I just love being around people on the day of their wedding because it's now a very happy day. And I just enjoyed the creative outlet they provided. So it was something I like headlong into at that point, just you know, devouring every little bit of educational material I could get my hands on. And, you know, I just, I just fell in love with it. So I've been doing it ever since.
0: And then does your wife also shoot with you?
1: Not initially. She's actually only been shooting like the last, uh, I guess, about six years now. Initially, we had you know, we had young children at the time, like our youngest now is eight. So he was two, you know, and so she stayed at home, and we ended up just basically having the half people, you know, we had independent contractors that would perform that function of shooting alongside me. But the kids got older, you know, and so like the last five, six years she's been shooting with me. And it's been great. I mean, I love the fact that we're husband and wife, and we've been married 25 years, so going with that, you kind of have like this almost nonverbal verbal communication that takes place. I just look at her, or vice versa, she looks, she looks at me, and I know exactly what she needs, or what she's thinking. I think it's really nice to be able to look for yourself.
0: That's a great point. I never thought about that, because there are lots of couples who are photographers or videographers or in any industry, really, and that's true. There is this sort of shorthand you have with your significant other. Absolutely. So now, what is your favorite thing about shooting Disney weddings?
1: Uh, honestly, it's kind of variety. And by that, I mean that a variety of venues and combination of venues. I mean, Disney offers so many different places for ceremonies and receptions. And then just sort of the in-between time, you know, the getting ready versus the, the time following the ceremony leading up to the reception, different places where you can go and shoot and so forth. And while there are some similarities, obviously, between some Disney weddings versus other Disney weddings, no two are ever exactly the same. And you can't say that about a, like a non-Disney wedding. You know, you're getting married on the beach, or, you know, not particularly from those couples, but they do tend to look a little more similar versus a Disney wedding and whatnot. So,
0: that's interesting. Now, are there some things that couples should consider early in their planning process that might affect videography?
1: Well, certainly there are things like reflection of venues and timing that they should take into consideration. But the, I think the key part of your question is the early in the planning process. So many couples don't consider professional cinematography early on. And as a result, they end up committing a large portion, if not all, of their wedding budget before they begin that search. And usually they begin their search because someone that's close to them or people, you know, they hear reviews repeatedly maybe online that if they don't get a videographer, they're going to regret it. And they're like, oh my gosh, I got all my other boxes checked off, but I don't have that. So they start searching, but now they have no budget to work with. So it makes it a lot more difficult for them to find a professional cinematographer that provides a quality film because now they're working with a really small number. So the, the key is basically when you're looking for a photographer, if you're a bride and you're looking for a photographer at that same time, you really should be thinking of cinematography. Because the two go hand in hand. I mean, that's they're all at the end of the day when the wedding's over. All they're going to have is their photos, and hopefully a wedding film to remember their day by.
0: That's a good point, and that's exactly what happened to us. At the last second, we thought, ah, maybe we should be capturing this on video too, and and we ended up finding someone, and that was great. But availability, budget, a lot of things are constrained the later in the process it is. Absolutely. Now, when couples are selecting their venue, are there a few features that can make or break videography, like maybe walls of windows or a windy location? Well, I
1: mean, every venue. And I don't care if it's a Disney venue or, you know, a venue in a local town is going to present challenges. I mean, let's face it, as wedding filmmakers, we don't have the luxury that Hollywood does of selecting locations and selecting times that provide the best condition. The key is for finding a cinematographer that has the experience, the knowledge, and the proper equipment to, to overcome these challenges. I mean, you mentioned Wynn. Immediately, my mind goes to Seabreeze Point. That's a, a venue that can be a challenge from a Wynn perspective. Windows, well, there's the wedding pavilion. I-, I love the wedding pavilion. absolutely gorgeous. Uh, great stained glass. But, you know, there again, you have this mixed lighting kind of scenario that takes place where you have lighting coming through the, the windows and it does not match the color. Cause actually, light has a color in which you won't realize it, but filmmakers do. It <laughs> mm-hmm. doesn't match the color of the lights that are inside the wedding pavilion. Filmmakers and photographers measure light in what's called Kelvin. So daylight is 5600 Kelvin and tungsten which is what the lighting they use primarily the lighting is 3200 so what the result there is you have two different converging light sources and the couple especially have lights directly on them Thing okay. so they can look really orange if the photographer or videographer isn't well versed enough in their equipment to keep them looking normal
0: that's interesting yeah and that's That's something that I had never even heard of, and that makes a lot of sense, and it's maybe something that you could add to a list of questions you ask your potential videographer.
1: Right. I guess really, in selecting venues, it comes down more to selecting a professional cinematographer that has experience. Because any well-trained, experienced cinematographer like myself and Christina can overcome things like wind and overcome things like lighting, because we have the equipment, we have the experience and the knowledge necessary to do so.
0: Okay, that's a good point. But it's more about the videographer you select and not the location, so that girls aren't going to be heartbroken that they shouldn't be picking the wedding pavilion because of the color temperature or something.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: So, then what are some first steps that couples can take when they start looking for a wedding videographer?
1: Well, first thing, of course, this is just call us. But seriously, you know, Dirty Brides actually have a lot of great resources available to them, probably more so than a non-Disney bride. I know personally a lot of brides find us through online outlets. I hear mentions of forums and Facebook groups and so forth. I and mean, those are great resources. I would recommend any Disney couple who's looking for a cinematographer or a photographer. But they ask who people recommend, who they used, But in conjunction with who, they need to know the why. Why are they referring them? I think that's equally important as to the who. You know, a lot of times people will pick a vendor for you know one reason or another, maybe a budget, maybe a style, and that's very important because that way the bride can weigh her priorities against the priorities of the bride that offered the referral. You know, knew that referral was for a very documentary style videographer, but the bride looking for a more cinematic cinematographer. They need to take that into consideration. Of course, some of those things will become evident as they start visiting the websites and so forth. But if they know that beforehand, they can save time and not necessarily have to go to that person's website because if they're documentary style, I'm looking for a film style wedding cinematographer, and I don't really need to visit their website.
0: Now, that's an interesting point that there are different styles of videography. Can you talk a little bit about the differences between them?
1: Sure. There are, there are two main groups. There's a documentary style type of video, and they tend to be a little bit longer, more in a real-time type scenario, ceremony there. They're a the wedding civilian or TV's point or. there are many wonderful locations there at Disney is, you know, 15 minutes. Well, in your video, you can pretty much expect it to be pretty close to 15 minutes. And there usually isn't a lot of, like, artistic interpretation, so to speak. Pretty straightforward. Then there's the the more cinematic style, which is what we tend to offer. We actually refer to our, we provide our couples as a a film. We call it a wedding day film. Because we want to take the couple back and let them enjoy their entire wedding in a relatively quick way, as opposed to having a a documentary style video that's an hour and a half, maybe two hours long, our films tend to be somewhere between 20 to 25 minutes. And that can encapsulate like, everything from preparations through the end of the reception, potentially a dessert party or fireworks, if they, if they do that, all within that time frame. And we find it's a, a very easy length for couples to share with friends and family. When they ask someone, hey, we would like to watch our wedding film? You know, most people will ask, well, how long is it? And if you tell them it's an hour and a half, They're probably going to say maybe next time. (laughs) (laughs) But if you tell me it's 20 minutes, uh, they would usually say yes, I should say. Then they sit down and they enjoy it and they love it just as much as a couple did. Now, with most documentary style videos, it's the actual audio from the day. Whereas with a film, we're adding any custom soundtracks and we're also kind of moving things around from a timeline standpoint. It's not uncommon for us to start a film with a portion of the ceremony or maybe. Father of Lines Toast or The Couple's First Look, you know, we just kind of like tailor each of the films reflect the couple and take that into account and in how we move things around if we do. But some couples are very chronological, so their film's chronological. There's a totally different feel to it. Cinematic Wedding Day film should feel like a, a short film or a well-produced TV show as opposed to a documentary by, you know, CNN or something like that.
0: Okay, that's really helpful. So then once they've decided on the style of videography they're looking for, what kinds of questions should couples be asking when they contact potential videographers?
1: That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. It happens all the time where we have a who call and they'll run through a list of questions. And I know that they got them from, you know, a planning resource, the website online that tells them these are the questions you need to ask. And oftentimes it focuses on equipment, you know, shooting formats. And unfortunately, these types of questions really aren't very meaningful to brides unless they have a TV or film background. I mean, because most brides aren't going to know what a slider is or a glide cam or one type of wireless mic from another, nor really should they. The best questions that they should be asking are ones that revolves around the style of cinematography that they are looking for. Do they want to film or do they want a documentary-style video? Then they should ask follow-up questions that will get the cinematographer or the videographer to describe how they shoot at a wedding. Make sure they're comfortable within the day of. Some people set up a lot of moments. Other people, like ourselves, we want to capture natural, candid moments. Uh, We want our couples and their guests to forget that we're even there. And those are two totally different approaches to to shooting a wedding. Some couples will appreciate the constant interaction, and others will not.
0: That's interesting about setting up moments. I never thought about that. So, like, the videographer will say, hey, you take her hand and then stand here and do that and that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, that kind of thing, and most couples, I don't know that they would be able to pull that off, and in either the nicest possible way. Because let's face it, most people aren't comfortable in front of a video camera. At least that's what our brides tell us. And to ask them to perform, because that's what you'd be doing, it would be tough. I mean, we've had a few couples who were in film or TV, and so they would probably be good for that. They've had experience at it, but unless you have a you know a background in theater or whatnot asking you to perform the day of your wedding when your nerves and everything are already kind of running at a high, probably asking a lot. You know, it's one thing for photographers that, you know, here, stand here, place your hand there, pose this way, because you're just, you're basically standing still for the most part. And people are used to posing for photos. They've been doing it all their lives. Whereas usually the first time a couple is in front of a professionally manned camera is the day of their wedding. So it's a whole new experience for them. So to ask someone to perform, It's, I think, a stretch.
0: That's interesting. I never thought of that. So then what are some things that couples should look for in the contract that they sign with their videographer?
1: Well, any good contract should provide protection not only for the business owner, but also the couple. So there's uh, some basics that need to always be there. Obviously, the services that are being provided, the liability that the business owner has to the couple, and likewise, the liability that the couple has to the business owner. Payment schedules, one that we added to our cinematography agreement a few years ago, was a clause dealing with hurricanes. I'm not sure if you're how familiar with Florida, but several years ago, we had like, you know, one hurricane after the other, starting to like July through October. So we added this, so that couples would know, okay, what happens if a hurricane should build Passover or Orlando? And Disney says, and you know, our wedding is being postponed. I mean, there needs to be something in there that kind of covers that. Especially in a state like Florida that, you know, this its fair share of hurricanes.
0: Well, this is great stuff. I'd like to ask you now some questions about your services specifically. Um, how many cameras do you guys generally shoot with?
1: Generally, we shoot with three to four cameras. We actually have the ability to shoot with up to seven, but I've never shot an event that called for that many cameras. We have that many cameras available to us because we believe in having backup equipment at all times. So we always have cameras that basically just sitting in our bag doing nothing. But we find that, you know, three cameras is the perfect number for most weddings. Now, sometimes we're covering like instant ceremonies or it's just or renewal and maybe we're talking you know 12 15 guests and three cameras is probably overkill for something like that but once the guest count gets up above say 30 or 40 having a third camera really makes a big difference it just opens up so many creative options for us as opposed to having two cameras
0: that's cool and do you have a third shooter or is it on a tripod or how does that work
1: well what we do there is we want because we want to be unnoticed by the couple and their guests and their family we keep it at just Christina and I. So we have a third camera on a tripod. Now we've shot over seven hundred weddings and so we know when to move and when not to move. And what I do is I like part time man that third angle. So it looks like in the finished product that we had three cinematographers there, but we didn't have the what I refer to it as a footprint, which is the overall you know personnel and equipment kind of a third videographer. And obviously we were able to control costs and keep that lower by not having the third one that we you know have to pay and obviously charge for.
0: That's cool. That's a great idea. One question I have that you see a lot of times, videographers will say they shoot digitally, or they'll say they shoot in HD. Is there a difference there based on what they shoot on and what format you end up with as your take home?
1: Absolutely. Saying that you shoot digitally and saying you're shooting HD are not, you know, one and the same. Pretty much anyone who's shooting wedding videos today is shooting digitally. Digital video cameras came out right around 1999, 2000. So there's probably not anyone using a camera that is 12 or 13 or 14 years old, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's what you'd have to use. You'd have to use something that old in order to shoot in what's referred to as analog. Analog is like your VHS, VHS-C, beta. Those are all in analog format. And they have a limited number of lines of resolution and other stuff that I shouldn't have to worry about. But, um, digitally, that is, you know, that is basically, could be standard definition. Or it could be high-definition. There are different formats. You have digital tape, which would look a lot like a VCR tape, only they're much smaller. And that can be standard-def, or it can be high-def. And then you have people like ourselves that shoot digitally, but we don't use tape at all. Our all tapes to CF uh, cards or SD cards. And anyone that has got a point-and-shoot, still camera, probably is familiar with what an SD card is. Currently, that's the way it's integrated. That's what people are shooting with, that they're investing in current equipment which is something that we do. We're on about an 18-month replacement cycle with our camera. So every 18 months, we're buying new cameras, and the previous generation gets regulated into a backup, and the previous backup gets thrown any day.
0: <laughs> so then if a bride wanted her finished film on Blu-ray, that would be different than if she wanted it on DVD.
1: We can. Now, we shoot everything in high definition by default, and then we give our clients the choice of either selecting Blu-ray or if they prefer, they can choose DVD. Now, naturally, we try to talk as many couples into going the Blu-ray route as possible. It's the same cost to them to do that, but the end result is obviously something that looks a whole lot better. The resolution and sound quality of Blu-ray is, you know, several times higher than standard definition DVD.
0: Yeah, it just always seems like a good practice to go for the highest definition possible.
1: <laughs> right, absolutely, and, and you know, because I mean, DVD is a format that's been around since in the 90s. Still good. I mean, it provides a nice result, but Blu-ray is what is current. Uh, we also offer a couple's a digital version of their film. And I know that can be kind of confusing, but it's a high-definition what we refer to as a digital copy. And basically, we're just copying the, the jargon of Hollywood. If you've been to Best Buy or Target and, and looked at any of their new released Blu-ray films, you'll notice that a lot of times we'll say, you know, Blu-ray plus DVD plus digital copy. And that, that digital copy is just a very highly portable electronic version of the film, where you can put it on your laptop or your smartphone or your tablet. We had couples take their wedding day film, and actually they got the digital copy, and they put it on their wedding website. And that gives them the ability to share it with the world. So instead of having to order additional copies for their cousins and uncles and aunts and all that, they just threw it out there, and they were able to go to the website and watch the film there.
0: That's great. Yeah, that seems like that's pretty much the wave of the future anyway, I guess.
1: It really is. I mean, uh, digital copies is where things are going. Hollywood wants to actually get away from Blu-ray and DVD. They want to monetize downloads. So you're going to start seeing things. I mean, Apple TV is an example of it. Um, Roku is another. Uh, Amazon has got their streaming service. So that's where things are heading.
0: Do you guys offer raw footage if for some reason the bride and groom just either wanted to edit it themselves or they just wanted to know that they had every single moment of the day captured?
1: We don't. And and we get that that question every once in a while, we always ask. And a lot of times it's not so much they want to edit themselves as much as they just want to know they have everything. Now, what we provide in addition to our wedding day films, we also provide a documentary edit. Couples come to us primarily, if not exclusively, for... The quality of our films. But so we give our couples included in the packages a documentary edit. So, for example, like I was saying earlier, just the ceremony of the wedding Brazilian is 28 minutes long. They get a full length, 28 minute version of their ceremony. We also offer the option of getting documentary coverage of their reception. So, all the main events first dance, parent dances, toasts, cake cutting, introductions, I left that out. Any main event that takes place, we provide in a documentary fashion. And then they really want all the dance floor footage. We provide that as well. But what we do is we still edit it to take out any time we might have been moving or making adjustments because of our style, our journalistic approach to wedding cinematography. During the reception, we find ourselves getting blocked by guests all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and to me, it's a high craze. You know, we don't ever have a, a light mounted to our camera physically. Because the second you do that, it's impossible for guests not to notice you. you have this light source wandering in the room. Our cameras work extremely well in low light, and it's just not necessary for us to do that. But what happens is, you know, we can do shooting, and this happened just a little while ago. I'm out there, I'm shooting about 10 or 15 feet away from the groom who's dancing with his grandmother, and along comes some guest. And he doesn't see me. He sees the groom, sees his grandmother out there dancing. And he stopped dead in front of me. He's like three or four feet in front of me, so in between me and the groom. And I just stepped to one side and continued shooting. Well, that couple didn't get lost, you know, documentaries documentary footage of the dance floor that had they, what they would receive is, you know, clean shot of the groom dance with Grandma, and then also slightly different position of the camera. Because we would cut out him walking into my frame and the back of his white shirt, <laughs> because nobody wants to see that, right? So we provide that. And of course, we keep all the live audio. We can hear, you know, the music that the DJ was playing and people singing and laughing and, you know, enjoying their reception. When couples talk about raw footage, most cinematographers or videographers are going to think, okay, like you said, everything. So they know they have it all, which would mean pretty much unwatchable stuff. And the reason I say unwatchable is because like for example we shoot a ceremony with three cameras. Well, raw footage of three cameras would mean, okay, you've got all camera number one for thirty minutes. And then all camera number two for thirty minutes. And then all of camera number three for thirty minutes. So to watch thirty minute ceremony from three different vantage points would take ninety minutes. And then you just basically watch the same thing from different angles. Whereas what we do with the documentary edit of the ceremony is we edit it so the best camera angle is what they see on screen. So the thirty minute ceremony is thirty minutes. And it's a very watchable format at that point because, you know, the bride and groom are exchanging vows. If we caught a tear wife of mom or dad or something like that, we can cut to it. You know, so she's fighting on the ring on the groom's hand, cut to a shot of Mother the groom's wife in tear. You know, first dance or let's say toast. Best man says something that makes the bride and groom laugh. We show him saying it, cut to a shot of the couple laughing.
0: That's great. Yeah, I really wish that I had had that opportunity with my video because you're right. I think when we ask for raw footage, what we really want, like you say, is a documentary. And so you offered the option to have both the cinematic edit and the everything edit, but it's nice and cleaned up and actually watchable.
1: <laughs> exactly. Now, all of our packages come standard with a documentary edit of the ceremony because we feel personally, you know, if we were searching for a cinematographer ourselves for our wedding, at a minimum, we would want a documentary that we're in addition to our wedding day film. So we provide that by default. And then the couples can choose to add on to that, their reception main events or the reception main events and the dancing. You we know, also, we try to talk about the dancing part, not because we feel that there's no value to it, but because we really want couples to get the best bang for their buck. And all of the best moments of the dance floor, they're going to be in the film. Anything that would be left over, so to speak, is going to be lesser moments, you know, or redundant, you know. Right. Um, using the, the groom and, and grandma example, that's going to be in the film. Guaranteed. I can promise you they'll be there in their film. Well, I probably shot, you know, maybe two or three minutes of that. I'm going to include several moments of that, you know, the big smile on grandma's face, the smile on groom's face. I shot it from a couple different angles very discreetly. And they're going to get to see all the best moments. then I mean, there were times where you know, grandma wasn't smiling as big, you know, Or the groom got distracted by a guest who tapped him on the shoulder. You know, I actually had a guest come and bring a beer. You know, so all those moments, they're not as good, shall we say. You know, um, that's how, you know, I want them to go to remember that moment for the time they enjoyed together. and They weren't distracted.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Do you also offer live ceremony webcasts?
1: We don't. (laughs) I hate to say no, but we don't. We um, actually looked into this earlier this year. We have several... Of our Disney couples call and ask, hey, do you happen to have this? We didn't ask before. Or in a couple cases, they were in the process of considering us and wanted to know if we offered it. So we looked into it. We researched, you know, what it took equipment wise, what kind of service providers were necessary to make it happen. And then we polled on our Facebook page. All of our buyers said, okay, would you be interested in this? And two, what would you consider picking for a service like this? And what we found as a result of that polling process is that most couples We're willing that we're interested in it. We're only willing to pay a few hundred dollars, like two to three hundred dollars with the range. Hmm. But to do it right, our fixed cost, what it would cost us to offer the surface was roughly $450. And while I was willing to consider doing it at cost, um, I obviously can't run it, you know, run it at a loss. We opted not to do it because we didn't want to do it and not do it right. Uh, Like anything else we do, we want to make sure that it's top notch, first class. And while there were cheaper options out there, They lacked the reliability that we would expect, or they did things that were kind of hacking that they'd have, like, ads over the video. Mm. I don't want a couple expecting their family and friends to be able to count on it, and then the service go down. Or as they're watching them exchange vows, uh, an advertisement comes across for cars in Orlando or, you know, whatever. I just didn't think that was desirable.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that I would want my videographers to be paying attention to shooting the video and not worried about streaming.
1: <laughs> right. Honestly, that was a factor for us as well. I'm like, okay, this is one more thing that I have to be taking into consideration that could drive a distraction the day of. Because when you're at Disney, you know, you're relying on, for any type of webcast, you're relying on 3G service. You know, phone, are self-service. Well, you don't always get reliable service at every single venue. My phone doesn't always work at these weeks. Some days it doesn't, some days it doesn't. It just depends on the weather. Hmm. pretty reliable at the Wedding Pavilion, but you know there's just different places where the coverage is a little bit spottier, so I couldn't find myself in a situation where I'm having to troubleshoot that as opposed to focusing on the event itself.
0: So now, where can my listeners go to learn more about Trinity Wedding Cinema and your services?
1: Well, they, of course, can go to our website, trinityweddingcinema.com, and they can also visit our blog. Now, there's a link to our blog from our website, or if they just want to go to the blog directly, it's weddingfilmblog.com. And there they'll find over 100 examples of what we call sneak peek films, which is something I should have touched on when you're talking about streaming. We offer well, our couples an option what we call sneak peek films. They're shorter than our wedding day films, but they're edited in a near identical style. As opposed to being 20 to 25 minutes, they tend to be like 3 to 6 minutes long. But they're crazy popular with our couples because typically within a, within a week to 10 days of the wedding, we edit that, and then we post it online. It goes on our blog, and it also goes on our Facebook page. If our bride is to come and friend with me on Facebook, we're able to tag her in it, so it hits her wall immediately. And it gives them the ability to, one, get a glimpse of some of the moments that we captured, and every bride likes to see things quickly, but also gives them a chance to share their wedding, their entire wedding, or at least elements of it, with family and friends that maybe couldn't have been at the wedding themselves. It's not immediate like streaming there. But it does provide a more complete look of the wedding in terms of it shows elements of the the wedding, the ceremony, as well as the reception.
0: That's great. Because, yeah, I know waiting for your wedding video, depending on who you go with, sometimes it can take months. And so to within you know, two weeks to have something like that in your hands would be great. Absolutely. All right. Well, David, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. I think you've offered a lot of great tips and some things that people can think about when they start looking for a videographer. And I appreciate your taking the time.